Welcome to the 4A Music Podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Alexandria. My name is Amy. On this week's pod, bringing improvisation to the center of music teaching and learning, Miles Davis being secretly sensitive about his speaking voice, listening to people the way we listen to music, new music, and more, and music. Roll it. First off, how's everybody doing? Doing great. <laughs> uh, I went to the Village Vanguard for the first time last week, and I saw uh, Peter Bernstein and Sullivan Fortner and Doug Weiss and Al Foster, the legendary Al Foster, and it was incredible. So happening. So killing. It's what I needed. What, so that what were your vibes on the vanguard like what was it like what you expected it to be uh no actual- i was like <laughs> i've never been there either actually it's like well first it was like actually surprisingly good seating like like there wasn't like a bad spot in the place i don't think and um well so tiny yeah. It's yeah it is very tiny but the sound is great i was expecting mm-hmm. the sound to be not good right Uh, Because, like, I'm, you know, you usually go to, like, a a jazz bar and you're like, oh, I wish I could hear the people and it actually sounded good. But the sound was amazing. Everybody sounded great. People were quiet because they don't serve food. I don't know if they serve food, but we just had, like, a drink and that's why, you know, like, people aren't clamming their utensils. You're just, like, you know, sipping on your, uh, your little drinky drink. And... Yeah, afterward, everyone was so nice. Like, I have this picture where I look exactly like Sullivan Fortner. I get that a lot, that I look like Sullivan Fortner. So my friend did this uh, app thing where you can turn yourself into a man. And she turned me into a man, and I showed him. And he was so you, happy. You showed him that because <laughs> yeah. I've seen that picture. He was so he, he was like, I get this a lot, but, like, this is for real. You you look exactly like me. That's inc- We should show the foray <laughs> listeners because it actually looks exactly the same. Yeah. I and can he, vouch for that. He was so surprised. We were laughing at each other for at least, like, five minutes. That's awesome. Good vibes. I love that. Yeah, but the it but the Vanguard is just like a basement and it's yeah like tiny and um do they still do like do you have to still do like drink tickets? Like do you have to get a certain number of drink tickets or something or you have to buy It's like, like a one drink minimum. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and the, and the drinks like are reasonably priced. It's like eight dollars. Yeah. That's really? Cool. Yeah. I mean wow. I don't think they're anything super fancy, right? I think I used to always just get red wine because that was the cheapest thing. On the menu, I like love that red wine or something, and I go like, and just sit there and be like, "Yum!" Now? <laughs> I don't really yeah. want to drink that, but I just don't want the I don't want the waitress lady to be like really mad at me and yell at me or something. Yeah. Yes, but um, yeah, it's like a basement. It's like feels like everything's covered in kind of like carpet or something, or just, yeah, it's really dead room, which is like perfect. Hmm. Um, all like the modern jazz clubs, like there's one here in Portsmouth and. Um, it's it's really beautiful and stuff, but I just think it's too big. I think like the ceilings mm. are too high. It's like they, um, I don't know, they're going for some sort of weird combination of things. It's like it's totally different than a rock club. Like you don't, I think the sound should be different than a rock club, and it should be different than a classical music thing. But like yeah. most modern clubs, kind of do something in between. They're like, what if it's like a yeah. rock club or like you know, like a rock <laughs> like just like a you know. Where there's going to be really loud music played, or they're like, "What if it's like a small, like theater, like where classical, or you know, like a, like where classical music is going to be held?" And it's kind of like yeah. it doesn't really work. Like a nice basement with like a lot of like velvet curtains everywhere. Like that, like, that kind of <laughs> jazz. That's, jazz. <laughs> That's cool. Um, Amy, how about you? What's up with you? Hey. Hi. Um. Well, this week. As I'm adjusting to living in New York and having a full-time job, I'm trying to figure out how to balance everything. So my 
thoughts this week have to do with when I when I can practice. And I was talking to my mom about it because I was just thinking about maintaining my instrument and all of these things. And um, I think I'm gonna start warming up in the car. <laughs> I have I have some time alone in the car during my work day. And it's like, it's like an hour. So I think I might just, I mean, obviously I'm gonna have to pay attention to the road, <laughs> but I might see what it's like to like, to warm up a bit in that way. Cause I just haven't been feeling balanced yet, but I think it just takes being creative. That's what I'm going to tell myself. Mm -hmm. And I knew, I knew it was going to be a grind. You know, this is what that is. I have to just remind myself. This is what the grind feels like. <laughs> so gross, but you know what I mean? People are like, um, you're going to be really, you're going to be really stretched. And I'm like, I know that's the point. And now I'm like here and it is, and I'm feeling, it. I'm feeling it, but it's good. Yeah. I've, I've definitely like, definitely warmed up in the car and even kind of felt like I practiced mm. in the car. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, I've been waiting and I've just been singing some some bebop heads the past couple of days and i'm like oh this is wonderful <laughs> so perhaps there'll be more hey. of that scrapple from the apple scrapling yes uh well speaking of being creative we uh we kind of kicked off at least our internal version of the songwriting club this last week and that was, I think that was really cool. I think that was like really, um, I think more than anything, it was just a good like reminder to all of us that we can kind of do it. And it was like a nice little community moment where everyone was like, yes. oh, that was so cool and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and just like having that deadline and everything, it's kind of, it's, it was really great. Now I'm very stressed out though, cause I haven't had time to write at all this week. So. <laughs> I'm like, it, you know, we're turning our songs in on Friday. Like, I'm like, I will write a song on Friday. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I have time. Um, that's kind of terrifying. But it's also, but it's, it's, it's cool because otherwise I wouldn't, I wouldn't make that space on Friday even to do it. You know, I just like stare at the TV or something or just zone out or do whatever. But so it's nice. It's, it makes me make space. At least that's how I felt, which is cool, but it it still feels like lacking. It still feels like, oh man, I wish I just ha I could make more space. Still, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. Oh, what was your what was what was the two of yours experience with the with the songwriting club or kind of trying to do that thing? Uh, I kind of just put on the I like tap the record button and then I just started kind of like free improv, and then like I got into something. And so what y'all got was literally me figuring something out on the spot, but I liked I it that. enough. And so I clipped <laughs> the ends that made zero sense <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, went back to the, the like core of idea of what I was thinking. So I liked that, like just free improvisation into some idea. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. I liked that. And no pressure with writing words or anything. I feel a lot of pressure when I have to write lyrics. I just really like that there aren't rules because last week I had like this song that I'd actually like written the loop song. I just put that mm -hmm. one in there this week though. It's probably going to be very different. Like it's going to be more of like a, what can I write in like 10 minutes? So I just, I like that there aren't <laughs> any rules though, because it's like yeah, cool to the artist too, to see like, okay, this is a song that I spent this much time on. This is a song that developed in this way. And I just, I really liked the community moment you were saying. It just made me want to like hang out in person. Yeah. Cause the group chat just kind of lit up with like, you know, just like, oh, I uploaded it. And I'm so used to having to like take action on texts and like, whatever. That's a whole can of worms <laughs> for me. I just like, my phone and me are not really on good terms. I'm trying, so formal apologies <laughs> to the world, but <laughs> I just liked the, I like seeing that. I was just very special. And I'm glad that it's going to be ritualistic too. Like, I'm just I'm trying to give myself patience as I get into these routines, but I'm grateful for things that are going to help me do that. And I think this is one of those things for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, the patience that for ourselves, that's a really important thing. I haven't thought about that for a second. And you just mm -hmm. said that and I was like, that's true. Yes. <laughs> because yeah. I, I feel so much patience from everyone in my life. So right. grateful for that. But I should also give it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I want people to give it to themselves too. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny, it's like the opposite of like the treat others like you would like to be treated. Or, you know, it's like treat yourself like, you're treating yes yeah uh, exactly like that seems to be kind of more the vibe at least when you're trying to be not there are some people out there that need to treat others like they would like to be treated. they need correct to a little bit more but for the nice people out there i know you're listening yes <laughs> okay let's hop into this week's newsletter let's do it is there music here dun, 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 dun. Right. Our first A has to do with bringing improvisation to the center of music teaching and learning. This is um, close to my heart because this is my dad's TED talk, mm -hmm. um, which I previously <laughs> sometimes I'm just talk, like, totally right. <laughs> like, I'm like, sorry, who? But no, it's, it's amazing. Like, I've learned so much from him and he um, really has a lot to share about about improvisation and creativity um, and how to center it in teaching and learning music. So basically the the thing I'm amazed about too though is how concise this TED talk is because it covers like so much information, like semesters worth of information <laughs> in like 12 minutes. So I guess the cool part about this to me is that it's kind of just a starting point, um, but it but it doesn't necessarily um, skim the surface. Like it's pretty, it's a pretty deep dive, I would say. Um, I guess like the, the focus from my eyes is he talks so much about, um, learning by ear, um, and making sure that the way that we're teaching music is focused there rather than this idea that notation, um, comes first, I guess, because what he says is that notation is a symbol of music. Um, and so I'll just drop a quote. What happens is that students have these experiences where they're not invited to improvise or create so much. And in fact, much of what is taught actually impedes someone's natural inclination to improvise. So I guess the, then like the other part that I think about is just the way that I was like brought up happened to be in this type of like philosophy. So by the time I was faced with theory and things like this and notation, I had already had this like childhood of learning by ear. Um, so I guess the fascinating thing to me as like a young artist and also I, I would consider myself um, an educator new on the scene, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's something that I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to keep shedding is teaching um, and how to like do this for people because I feel really lucky just for the way I was brought up but it, it's definitely a lot of cool things it talks about fear and trying to get rid of that and uh the idea that improvisation can just be it can transcend genre like he um talks a lot about I, th I think he's pretty proud of the fact that like a lot of the work um there's all sorts of musicians from different walks of things of life and of like <laughs> musical experiences that end up kind of like um, working with him. So, yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah, I, lo I love mm. this TED Talk. I think I had seen part of it before when I first met you. I was like, let me f let me watch Amy's dad's TED Talk. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Because it was just kind of like, oh, you know, her dad teaches at Eastman and stuff. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I, this made me think about my music education too, like just coming up through like elementary school and, I, you know, no one in my family is, is musical. So uh, in, in any sort of discern, like in any sort of serious way or something, or even in just like a not serious way, really. And so, um, so like I, I learned about music through school and um like thinking about like elementary school like we focused a lot on learning how to read music like i mm. like if i think back to what we did we mostly just kind of learned how to read music mm -hmm. and 
having done a little bit of elementary school stuff, especially recently, like it's it's kind of crazy too how much it is about reading, but also how much it how much like discipline is kind of taught in in mm. elementary school music. Edwards is like like okay, now it's time to play. Nope. Like, you know, you put the ORF instruments out there and it's like you have mallets and stuff. And it's like, okay, now it's time oh to God. play. Ready? Everyone play. Bong, bong, bong. And it just is so like, so sterilized kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, does anybody feel like this is music right now? I, I don't I do not recognize <laughs> this as music. And There's a story of my brothers asking for a fa in the ORF <laughs> instruments. He was like, can I have a fa? Can I please have a fa? Yeah. But like exactly I, what you're saying. It's so like... Some- uh, yeah, <laughs> got some <laughs> tension in this situation. Just have, like, all whole steps and thirds. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. It's just like don't no one play like you only play when it's time to play, and you know it's all that kind of stuff. And um, and I don't know. Too much of that gets kind of like extrapolated, and just it just like you just go to college at some point, you feel like you're doing the advanced version of that, where it's just. <laughs> Especially if you, especially if you're doing classical music, I think in particular, yeah. obviously. But but even in you know even in our experience in jazz education, but um, it's kind of just like play, don't play, play, don't play. You know, it's just like you mm-hmm. just yeah. kind of feel like you're always at a stoplight. You know, <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, there's nothing cool happening that. at a stoplight. <laughs> no, no, I feel that. I have like a, I guess like when I think on like same Charlie, like when I think on my like musical experience like specifically instrumental wise like you automatically get like a method book and you figure out how to read you haven't even like experienced the instrument yet you're you're you know it automatically like i remember the first note i learned was a d on the flute first Mm -hmm. off a flute shouldn't have been in my hand because it was bigger than me (laughs) but I remember those and that's my that was my relationship with the flute I played a D yeah you my know dad will put a I have so many anecdotes but he he put a sticky note in one of the books that I got in band mm-hmm. and he wouldn't let me look at the beginning part because at the beginning they put like all of the and this is like see like he wanted me to start with like tunes he's so centered on like learning tunes and like you know, like making sure everything's connected to that. So I yeah. that like he always talks about yeah, it's weird. how all the books have this like front half. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I like that. But then like singing experience, like I grew up like in the church and, you know, they could read. <laughs> but it was mostly like altos. Here's your part. Sopranos, here's your part. And then, yeah. or like the pianist will play, and he's, he's like, "Do you hear your parts?" And we're like, "Sure, <laughs> I don't know. We're f- five years old. <laughs> we're oh gonna God, play. We're that. gonna sing. I we're love gonna- imagining little Alexandria <laughs> in church. You know, like it's and it's not like we were singing like the proper like stuff. We were like singing Kirk Franklin in church, so it's like really like why are we singing this? But you know that like it's vastly different from oh, this is D, this is you know mm. E." this like so i guess like it cultivates a different relationship with your instrument too well and that to me is more musical anyway like you know yeah if music is supposed to be about interaction and i don't know just being present in the moment to me it's like that the you know the church experience feels more i i guess like genuine than this like you know Play a D. <laughs> like, D. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, even like beginning piano lessons, it's like you're like you ex like you experience middle C and then like the fifth away from middle C for like yeah. months and months and months. Most people, or you yeah. do like the black keys and you do the pentatonic thing and you play like mm. like the like jolly old Saint Nicholas or something on the black yeah key or whatever. And there's just like there's this huge instrument there. I could do all this like crazy stuff, you know, and you're just like, right in the cool. It's like, you know, like I want to play the piano, and you go take months of lessons, and your parents are like, well, what can you play? And I'm like, Mary had a little just with one hand. Now switch to the other hand, Mary. It's just like, this is not cool at all. Like, lower octave now, Mary. 
They played in all octaves, like, da. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I think I really, everything I do now, I really learned in like my friend's basement. Like, we were in like a basically a garage band kind of a thing. And, like, everything, everything I do now musically is like, is derived from being down there and like listening to stuff and trying to figure it out and like mm. people switching instruments and like yeah, looking through weird guitar magazines and like trying to like someone would kind of try to learn a part of a solo from that and then you would like you know we'd be writing the dumbest songs of all time i was like i wrote like four songs about king kong when i was in <laughs> oh school was that's like, amazing the whole king kong suite <laughs> they're just the dumbest please can i hear it no it's all it's all erased from it's no. been swept. it's been <laughs> it's been scrubbed from i'm like can you get me can i get my hands on like a charlie ep <laughs> like King a cd Back in the day yeah it's like just, i don't know EP. yeah there's so many i don't know i've just made so many eps like i was just like there was a time where i was making a new like four song ep like every month there was probably like serious? months where i did that it's all garbage but it's like that's how i just figured like that's how I just figured how to do anything really. Like even like what chords that. were or something. It was just like doing stuff that's like so that. So great. Yeah. That but is amazing. All, I want to really stress that it all sucked. It was all horrible and sounded weird and was probably like upsetting. Like if you listen But you have to write no. the garbage to get to the good stuff. Exactly. So you wrote out all the I mean, it I'm was so, probably I'm not so garbage. Process. It <laughs> went from, you went from like garbage to garbage to like beautiful. I'm fine with the French garbage. The French garbage is like that's I'm I'm happy with that. I'll settle for that. <laughs> the I love that. <laughs> the French garbage. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do we want to talk about another TED talk? Oh, yeah. Yeah. TED talk, TED talk, TED talk. TED talk week. Big week. Um, Alex Alex is gonna TED. write the next um music. <laughs> anyways uh yeah so i uh was struggling to find something but you know handy dandy uh npr um uh, so the this guy i don't want to mess up his name so i'm going to say mr Rishikesh, uh earway rishikesh earway i think is how you say it i'm big think, charlie mr earway there we go uh, it, it, the title of it is what you discover when you really listen. So I was like, Hmm, what could this get into? Because I've been struggling with that lately. Not only like first off listening to music as just like listening to music as a musician. Uh, I liked, I prefer to listen to silence when I'm a musician. Cause I feel like I listen to music a lot, but like I need to listen to music and then listening to others. I've, I've caught myself checking out a lot of the time. Um, so I was like, Oh, okay. Um, and so he first starts off with like um, ch chatting to us about how to listen to music and, you know, the layers within it that allow the music to have a deeper meaning than us just listening at a surface level, uh, which most of us listeners do is like listen at the most surface level instead of like really grabbing into the nitty gritty of the music and what each artist intentionally puts in there to um, ensure that they have their message coming across and so he like has a whole tech talk i'm not tech talk whole podcast on that called song exploder you should check it out song exploder <laughs> I said song, song exploder she's like <laughs> song exploder <laughs> so okay <laughs> anyway and then i learned this new word extrapolate and so i wanted to use it so uh he extrapolates this idea which means it's actually like kind of like a math term but to take this idea and you know um extrapolate how can you you know that's like you use the word as a definition um but he takes this and he puts it into another concept which is like listening to others um and the tips that he gave us was uh when you're listening to another person you should one be open to new ideas which i loved because i like to be right and i don't like to listen but be open to new ideas to stop multitasking that's huge that is huge. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, wow. Yes. Three, show you're engaged without bringing the attention back to yourself. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> is that allowed? <laughs> Anyways, you can bleep me out. But that was, I, I, 
Yeah. I was just like, these are three very simple things, but I was like, I don't do any of these three <laughs> consistently. And, but you know, one open to new ideas, like, you know, when you're talking to someone and they maybe don't agree with what you're saying, but mo I feel like most people nowadays aren't open to listening to new ideas or some ideas that differ from, from there. So that I liked that, that value that he placed on that. And then to stop multitasking, I automatically thought about my mother because she'll be, you know, on her phone, like answering email while I'm like asking her a question. I'm like, hi, mom. Like, are you, <laughs> you good? Like, did you hear my question? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, it's like one of my biggest pet peeves when I'm like talking to someone and they're like on Instagram or something or on Facebook. But I, I try not to do that. I try to like flip my phone over so they have full attention. And then three, show you're engaged. I feel like whenever, like we just did it. Like when you when you brought up your dad and we are like an our musical education, which is I think is still a great thing to do. But also yeah. like maybe someone is telling their story and it's their story and we can just leave it at their story. We don't have mm -hmm. to say, oh, this is part of my story too. We can just say, yeah, that was mm -hmm. great. Yeah, that was great. Sorry, th those are my those. thoughts as I talked really quickly. That gives I got me really like, excited. I don't know, that's heavy. I think that's, yeah. It probably leads to deeper listening and people feeling heard and understood and important things. <laughs> Am I going to cry right now? <laughs> I like these a lot. I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to shed these. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> now I'm like analyzing everything. It's like no one wants to talk. Like, that was great. <laughs> that was really nice. No bringing the attention back to self. But no, yeah. yeah. You know, one of the, one of the ways that I I've thought too about being a better listener. I mean, I think these are all great. I, the the one the show you're engaged without bringing attention back to you. I think that that one is like that's my um that's my Achilles heel or something with this because it's just like I think I think I think that like oh if I say something that's kind of related to what you're talking about, then that shows that I understand what you're talking about. Um, but I also kind of think it's kind of like the ego -y teacher thing of me or something I'm like well let me give you another example of that <laughs> um but i was I, I always try to do this thing where it's like uh like just trying to summarize what the other person has kind of like said but i mm. think that that's kind of hard sometimes too um but the multitasking mm. thing for real yeah yeah it's hard yeah like i like nowadays like i used to just like be on my phone and like think that i could listen to people or like be on my phone and think i can even listen to a meeting or something i'm like i'm not really listening um but like mindlessly scroll or like someone's facetiming me and i'm like texting another person back or mm -hmm. you know it's really hard to like be in the moment nowadays yeah so really like intentionally listening to this person um, There's so much input and yeah. output going on. And I, yeah, I will always say I don't think it's possible. I just don't think it's possible without turning into anxious um, wrecks. That sounds really dark, but I genuinely think that if we tried to do every input and output that comes in and out, I don't know. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. There used to be, I don't think that this is the vibe anymore, but there used to be all this like gendered based things about this where it's like men can't multitask. They're like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that like women are great at it or something. It's like they do it all the time. You know, like they're happiest when they're multitasking. Like, oh my God. Men are happiest when they're just like staring at a rock or something and like hitting it with a hammer. Um, I don't, I just don't think anybody's like super stoked about multitasking really. Mm -hmm. I think it's like almost kind of, it is, yeah, it does seem like it's like we're almost required to do it. Yeah. Um, well, isn't it actually impossible? I feel like I, maybe there was research that you're not actually multitasking. Your, your brain is like fragmenting. That's like part of the danger is that there's so much fragmentation. So it feels like you're multitasking, but you're not. Yeah. You can only do one thing at a time. It's, it's not equally divided. Like your attention. Your I think attention it really is, is like. More to something. 
yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. Sound effects by Amy and Sarah. Dang, it was a zigzag thing she did with her hand. Just in the, I'm, in the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still learning this format. <laughs> um, yeah, the, yeah, and it's like if you get distracted if you're working on a task, um, mm-hmm. like it takes you like a half an hour or something to get back to where you were kind of like mentally. I've been playing with some of like the do not disturb things. Um, I love. And uh, I can't, I quite, I can't, I haven't quite figured it all out yet because I, 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 right now it seems like I'm kind of like coming at anything, everything with like an atom bomb. It's like I either turn everything off for like the whole day and I'm just like, <laughs> and someone's like, I was trying to, there was a thing and I was like, oh my God, I'm, I don't know. I didn't, hear, I didn't see that. It was like, I have a little moon <laughs> up in the corner of the thing. Um, I'm like trying to figure it out, but I, I have like, I have like a, one that's like set for practicing and for reading. And so mm. I've been kind of trying to use that, but probably too, I think it's, um, there's this thing where it's like, oh, you can train dogs, but you can't train people. This kind of thing where it's like you can train your dog to, um, to like do the right things and like not be horrible. But then like if it's around people that like don't know the rules or are gonna like you know yeah. be crazy, then it's like that it all goes out the window. And it's like mm-hmm. I found that I can put on the do not disturb stuff and and do all that, but it's like I also need to like have conversations and like communicate like what the deal is with the people that are used to being able to have like access to me like 24 just constantly 24 7 and have it be pretty instant like just be like hey i'm trying this new thing because mm. it's really been hard for me to focus on blah 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 and i get like really easy distracted especially if it's like things that that are hard to do like basically anything creative it's like my my whole body is trying to get me out of this. Like it's trying, like it's yeah. trying to get me out of do, having to try to do this. Like right now, because it's hard. And so it's like, well, I've already cleaned all the dishes and I did the whatever and I moved everything else around. So it's like, this is the last thing for me to do. <laughs> and try to make this thing, and then like someone pings you, like, hey, blah blah blah, what do you want for dinner? Like, hey, uh, do you have this like document? And I'm just like, I definitely have that document. I definitely have very deep thoughts about dinner. If that means I don't have to like work on this project. <laughs> no, I feel you. I have it like on a schedule too. Really? Yeah. I should try that. So that like, uh, well, some people's texts I'll always get. And that's what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like, and like whatever. Like, but it, it's caused me to be more organized. I think this is the most organized I've ever been in my life. I'm usually like aloof, <laughs> like very much aloof. And now, you're not aloof, but... no. Okay. When no, it comes okay. to my own schedule, I'm... it used to be so bad. But now I've like actually open emails. Uh-huh. I flag them. Yeah. You know the whole the whole thing. They have folders now. I'm getting better. This is what I love. Is like I just think people are so quick to be like, well, you're like this. And I'm like, listen, guys, people, if they really want to work on something, they can work on it. So I'm getting there. I love that for you. I'm getting there. I even bought like file folders today. Anyways. Oh, yes. I'm getting there. (laughs) (laughs) See, I love that. But like I can get notifications from these, you know, five emails always or like from. I think that's smart. You know, I always, sorry, Mike, I'll always get a call. Yeah. Except for like spam risk. Well, I think that's one of the hardest parts is not being able to, like, I think it's important to set priorities or boundaries, maybe perhaps with the phone, because you do that in your life. So the phone is kind of becoming like a, like a huge way to communicate. So it's kind of, I feel like that's actually really important. The phone, it turns out phones are kind of a thing. So (laughs) yeah, I'm like literally every day I'm like, phones are, can we go back to letters? I would do so much better. It would still take me like two months, but but maybe I would feel more of an impetus to reach out because I'm not so like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Wow, I don't mean to, I feel like I'm coming across like really weird right now. No, no, no. It's just sometimes, you know, like things stack up. What, Charlie? I said just the normal amount, but I tried to say it <laughs> under my breath, but then it, I got caught. <laughs> But then I said, what did you say? Everyone's so sensitive to trying to listen to each other. <laughs> I can do all my little spooky things. No, I don't. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, Rishikesh, a uh, huge hero. He's great. Um, and that's a cool TED Talk. And that's a big TED Talk uh, thing for us. I'm going to go through uh, my 
the thing that I added to the newsletter this week kind of quickly, but um, basically there was uh, there was another kind of Substack thing, or there was another article talking about um, how how sensitive Miles Davis was about his speaking voice. So it's like I think everybody that's ever like any jazz musician, but like even even like you know fans of jazz music and all that kind of stuff, and even very casual people have kind of done like some version of like the Miles Davis voice or like the, or, you know, the Louis Armstrong thing or whatever. It's like kind of similar, but, um, but like apparently, uh, and I don't know, this was news to me, but apparently like he was very sensitive about it and, and Miles Davis was even considering like kind of like quitting being like a, a public figure or musician or someone who's kind of famous because he was just kind of like, so bummed out about it or hurt um I hurt kind of like by this kind of thing or just felt like it was not cool so um so yeah the it says uh there's there's some liner notes from this this album blue moon blue moods from My, miles that's uh written by bill Cosson. it says uh the bother and anxiety about the growth in his throat uh had made the cat slate miles speak and walk in such whispers that his always present kind of nose thumbing withdrawal seemed nearly complete um and and then later there's a thing from uh leonard feather that said uh, he planned to give up performing altogether but he was making specific plans about what he would do like in living after music it was just kind of crazy that um i mean so we like i think of miles as just kind of like this like very uh like extremely confident figure and like someone that was just kind of like even kind of like dominant over all these other people and in the, in kind of that, in the scene and everything. And then to be, you know, to, to, I mean, this is probably, this is always true that this is a nuanced thing with like these, the people that we, that we see kind of as, as something other, like something bigger than people, mm-hmm. like these famous people or these people we idolize or legends or whatever. Um, like it's it's hard to kind of imagine that they did this thing that seemed to change our life so much like they made this music or something that changed our lives and like they they write about in history books but then like was also like a normal person that didn't just have these kind of like very caricature level flaws like um you know that have been kind of like blown out of proportion or like just kind of like blown up and become like a, a huge physical like a huge personality trait like um uh, someone I think about is like you know Billie Holiday, where like they, where like people mm-hmm. kind of like obsess about like drug use and and mm-hmm. like some of the kind of more nefarious things. But it's like she's a, just a person who had like a really hard life, and she was doing something. She was doing things that like a like basically everyone around her were also doing. Like mm-hmm. all the dudes that were playing in those bands were like doing all the same thing. But it becomes like such a part of their um, like identity, their persona, and identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but it also kind of made me think about this idea that like the things that we think of as weaknesses of ours or, or imperfections or whatever that is, like could actually be become like this like signature part of our aesthetic. And, and in this case, it's like for him, it was not a super positive thing, but it's like, it's something that kind of sets him apart. Like when you think, like you don't think about um, maybe like I don't, I've never thought about John Coltrane's speaking voice or like, I've never really mm-hmm. thought about him talking, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, <That's> true. <laughs> but there's all the, there's all these Miles Davis stories where it's just like, yeah, Miles came to me and he said, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, why did you, like you stole this member of my band? He's like, that's what you do when you're on top. And it's like, it kind of, like there's something to the, the sound of that, of the voice that like it adds like pathos to it or something or like it adds some character to it yeah Um, kind of keeps him alive in a sense you feel like closer to him weirdly like no one does a mile like whenever someone tells a mile story they have to like you know yeah and they they have to do the raspiness yeah yeah yeah. and and it kind of like humanizes him in a sense because sometimes those people can feel so far away yeah and i do think it is kind of like i i I've never done that in a way teasing him because it seems no. it seems ridiculous to think that like <laughs> oh I'm gonna make Miles Davis feel bad <laughs> because he's not here but but also um, but also just because like oh that like 
he must be he's so beyond that any of that kind of stuff yeah or like or caring what i think or whatever or oh it exposes so much that thing of like i just am so annoyed that people think they know other people which is even harder when you're a figure like that because we do like i think about this all the time i i love the art so much that sometimes i think we've talked about this before i'm feeling deja vu just sometimes i feel like i forget about the human parts or I have to remind myself about the human parts because the art is so life-changing to me that it's so easy to focus on that. But I also think a lot of people are just out here passing judgments when it's like, just spend your time doing other things because you don't know who they are at all. Yeah. Like at all. What's your, <laughs> what you're saying? It's like, it's not that, it's not that deep or something. Oh yeah. It's not that deep. Yeah. i don't know but then it is deep because like look at yeah whatever people can be nasty yeah i don't know it's weird i like hearing the miles davis stories and then people attempting to like sound like him i love that um i don't know Well, stories too kind of like hold together a lot of um jazz yeah the like word of mouth Mm -hmm. thing which is I that like this is this is like totally going off topic, but that's one of the reasons I'm excited to live here is like get to know some of the or speak with some of the legends like Al Foster and like Frank Lacey, like you know Valeri Panamov, and like the, just know the stories about mm-hmm. you know those people that we like just enjoy their music and how they were as a human. Like we do have the music, but they have like the human because mm-hmm. they were in that. Those whole things. I don't know. Yeah. Never know. Yeah, for Never know. Cool. Let's let's move on to new music this week. We have uh, new music from Kenny Beats, uh, Bram Masla, and the Joshua Redman Quartet. I've never said Bram's last name out loud. Was that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Should I? I'll take the lead on this a little bit. Um, so the first thing Kenny Beats... Uh, do either are either of you familiar with Kenny Beats? I'm not. Like producer, beat make, no. beat maker. Um, I was kind of talking to some of uh, my students that are like kind of more production majors, or they're kind of doing that kind of thing. And I was like, oh yeah, there's this new. Do you know this person, Kenny Beats? There's this new album, and they're like, oh my god, you know who Kenny Beats is? Like, <laughs> Charlie, you're so lame. That's so surprising. And I was like, what? yeah. But uh, but Kenny Beats has like I guess he's mostly he's mostly you know and he's only basically been like collaborating with other people and he, this is his first um, this is his first kind of solo project thing, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Pitchfork called it a dynamic record bursting with soul samples and complicated emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really dug this. Uh, it's like a little from my perspective, it's like a little bit of everything, and what's kind of cool is a, a lot of the tracks on this. Uh, record are kind of like little vignettes so they're kind of like a minute or two minutes long and it kind of gives you like a little bit of a space or something you're like oh okay that's kind of nice um and then it just kind of moves on to a different sort of thing so it's pretty varied which is cool it's like it it maybe leans slightly more kind of on the chill side of some of this stuff which is like more kind of in my um like kind of more my speed in, in terms of like yeah you know <laughs> Yeah, um, um, but but it's but it's cool. I I, I totally dig it, and um, and the, and there's some you know there's some heavy feelings about you know the so um, Kenny Beats kind of like made this album, you know a, a, a little bit in uh, kind of like for his father who was diagnosed with cancer and. Um, and so, like, there, you know, there's definitely like a lot of there's there's definitely some deep stuff going on here. It's not just like here are, f- you know, fifteen cool sick beats I made or something with some samples. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's some stuff there. So I, I recommend it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, the other thing that um, I had added to the list was uh, the debut EP from uh, we know him as a drummer, but he's <laughs> singer songwriter uh, Bram Masla and. Um, and I just think this, I think this EP is really great. I think yeah, everybody it check it out. Um, it, 
uh, if you're into kind of like the Bonavere thing or like any of in like any of that kind of zone where it's like a little bit maybe moodier or like atmospheric kind of stuff. Um, I was just so impressed with like how much the that the music on this EP uh, and the EP is called uh, and we were names. Um, but like how much the music on this on this kind of just like breathes and like takes its time to do what it wants to do and needs to do yeah. like there's nothing that feels like okay there's this cool thing coming up we're gonna like kind of rush to it um so i don't know i really dug it and there's some definitely some kind of different kinds of sounds on this like kind of all over the you know like it, it's pretty broad i think but um but it was kind of making me think of these other drummers that i really love that um you know that are you know, have have had really cool like singing songwriting careers like S. Carey, who's the drummer for Bonavere, and Father John Misty, who's the drummer for Fleet Foxes, and obviously Phil Collins, mm. who was the drummer for the movie Tarzan. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly known for Tarzan. But, Tarzan. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought I thought it was really cool. We uh I might we're we're maybe trying to put together a little um interview with with Brahm, which I think would be kind of cool a little written interview for the Substack, So, so we'll see how that goes. But I, yeah, I was, I was, I was really impressed. I mean, I, I'd never heard anything like this from him before. So that, yeah. that, was, just, that was really cool. I don't, did, did, I think did you Ron get a chance? Awesome. You got a chance to check this out? Yeah. Not the whole thing. A little, for me, a little bit. I think it's very Brahm. I was going to say, I just, I think it's cool when someone who is so like themselves then makes art. Cause it's so awesome to experience kind of like the artistic version of, or yeah. one of the iterations of, obviously, art evolves yeah. as do we, but. It's like nice to see the different like um, facets of Brahm because like he can, like, like you said, it's very broad, but I think that's like the beauty of Brahm that he's like, he's able to take these influences from all over and just make it into this coherent, sound that is him um i don't know and it felt very intimate like most of the, the like the tunes felt very intimate and um yeah i was like oh yeah go brahm i just uh, i don't know i don't know how to describe it except for like brahm like when you see brahm and you walk up to him and gives you a hug that's what his music feels like Aww. you know yeah like yeah. genuine gen generous all that kind of thing yeah oh my gosh yeah um Cool. And we also got some stuff from Joshua Redman. Joshua yeah. Redman and Brad Mildow. And Christian McBride and Brian Blade. Oh my oh. gosh. Imagine. I know. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. This is a lot this is a live thing, right? Long gone? Or or is it because I um I was actually listening to this today and it was like there was clapping at some point and I was like, Oh, this is a live no. thing. I actually didn't know it until until later on. But um but yeah, this is like this is uh sorry. Alexandria, if I'm kind of like uh, taking some of your go for here, it, but, but this is the um, this is kind of like the the working quartet of uh, Joshua Redman that like they've been touring for a little bit, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. this year because they had they hadn't been on tour in like 20 years or something, mm -hmm. 30 years. Yeah, and Brad Meldell does not play in the states like almost rarely, so it was like a huge deal mm -hmm. for him to be like touring in the states. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, so yeah, like they, I think they said, I think at one point, um, Joshua Redman says like, yeah, um, we first played this tune in like 1992, like the first time we played <laughs> together or whatever. It was like one of the songs. And I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. But also I think of, I think a lot of these artists, I think of a lot of them as being like from the early 2000s kind of time. Cause that's when yeah. I was like really getting into jazz for the first time. And like Brad Maldow was like, my god and the um and like the and the joshua redmond stuff there's this album called elastic which is like more like organ trio kind of a thing it's like more of like groove based kind of stuff but that i think it has brian blade on it playing drums but then it's like larry goldings or something playing organ mm -hmm. and stuff and it's like and anyways this is not what we're talking about right now but like <laughs> i but like i became obsessed with that album and so like that i'm like oh they're from that time but it's like it's funny that they were, you know, doing this kind of um, this thing for a much longer time. They were probably they must have been all babies when they were like playing together. Yeah, and like this is like during the like hype of hip hop. 
you know? Yeah. Like they were playing this great music and they were like, I'm playing jazz. Mm -hmm. And they're not like, they're like hip hop. I'm playing jazz. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool, especially like as young as they were, you would think like they would hop on the trend, mm-hmm. but they're like, nah, like I'm proud and happy to be what I'm doing and like mm-hmm. they're killing it. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. Like traditional thing is like um, straight ahead jazz as kind of like counterculture. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we're going to wear suits and we're going to like we're going to bow and stuff and it's like <laughs> we're crazy um they're also open-minded and versatile too like yeah. which i think makes what they do stronger because then anything they do has this like integrity attached to it definitely because they are they just are like very studied and informed in ways that are uh undeniable <laughs> or i don't know there's a better word there you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Foolproof? I don't really know what the word is. I'm not happy with either of those words, but anyway. Well. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I think that does it for new music. I actually already have some new music for next week that I'm really excited about. Um, Yay. Talking a little bit about. Uh, but that's that's a cliffhanger. You're going to have to listen to the podcast next week to, <laughs> to know what the heck. No, there's some yeah. stuff about. coming out. Tune in, everyone. Cool. You want to read us out, Amy? (laughs) Speaking of which, (laughs) thanks for listening and supporting 4A Music. Remember to like and subscribe. And just a note that if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that helps us a lot. And we'd love to read and highlight your comments on next week's show. For more, follow us on Instagram at 4A Music. Subscribe to our newsletter at 4amusic.substack.com and check out our website at 4amusic.com. She had one job, John Legend. <laughs> I don't know like what that what that's from at all. <laughs> it's like definitely from a meme. <laughs> it's just like when you no, but it can be. It's so applicable. It's yeah. like anytime you had to do just one thing and you didn't do it, like this happens to me all the time. That, that's me right now. <laughs> she had one job, John Legend. Okay, we think you're super. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Can we start the pod? I accidentally pressed to leave meeting. I'm out. Oh, oh my gosh. That was the break we needed. I was like so stressed about <laughs> oh being late. God.